0: in for possibly the most confusing hand pot ever. This week, as has been the case quite frequently in the last uh, few episodes, actually, by Peter Coates in his living room. Welcome. And by Andres Bruckner, also in Peter Coates' living room. Yes, hello. Welcome to both of you. Um, If you follow any of us on Twitter, I'm sure you've already guessed what the first topic of the day is going to be. We're not going to start off as we normally do by looking over weekend results. We're going to do something similar to last week when we dealt with Javier Cantero. Um, And leaving Independiente before we get into the actual football-y stuff Because yesterday, uh, Tuesday, um, because as as normal we're recording on Wednesday uh, The Argentine Football Association unveiled their latest plan to kill Argentine football um, A championship in the first division of 30 teams Probably 30, might expand, might detract a little bit after the first couple of years, we don't know um, which will kick off in February 2015 Long term listeners will remember that we've talked about this before We have been here before, only about two years ago If I remember correctly um, And it didn't end up happening But somehow this one does look like it's going to end up happening uh, I've been talking almost non-stop since the beginning of the recording That's uh, ooh, two minutes ago already, Blimey! Uh, so I shall now let one of you two provide your voices to the occasion
1: well, it's very difficult to, to say something, sh- uh, being sure about it, because uh, it's very recent and, and even some presidents or, or some members of, of some clubs don't really know about it. Uh, they only know that they, it has been approved, that there will be were, uh, for sure 30 teams from s- February 2015, that there, was, there will be a long tournament. Will be played from February to December, and practically this is it. No, there are no no more details or not several details in which we can discuss. Um, But of course, there will be ten promotions about it in order to get to the thirty teams that you mentioned. Um, How 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 will it be? Thirteen teams. This is
0: Independiente's best chance of saying first division football. That's <laughs> yeah. that means. Yes. Yeah, I mean that.
2: Maybe selfishly, that could be the only reason I would be in favour of this. But it, like, it, it's presumably, why Grandoni came up with the idea as well because he is, of course, an Independiente fan. Yeah, But I, it's it's a bit depressing to be honest. When when it was flat, it, obviously we have talked about it for a long time and we're all well aware of Grandoni's ability to be able to. Uh, Screw with Ashington In Verbal But still when it, when it was Finally announced Yesterday It was a Bit of a kick In the yeah, Difficult
0: to believe It really happened um, As I say let, Let's remember The last time That this happened Which was Two years ago I think I'm right To say Wasn't it 2012 That sounds about right um, When they announced It for the start Of the Following season It was going to be The whole of What turned out To be the the no Finale So that would have Been the 2012-13 season It was going to be The whole of that season um, with a 30-team league structure and stuff and ended up compromising and just calling it the initial and final and having that ridiculous super final at the end of uh, last season which we all took the piss out of last winter uh, when Manchester got another title star temporarily for winning one match against New Orleans Um that the reason that the, the new structure didn't end up happening was that I don't think anybody really bargained on how how unpopular it was going to be with the fans. There were huge protests outside the APA headquarters on Villamante. Um The government didn't like the sound of it either because they'd been behind it right up until they saw that everybody thought it was ridiculous. Everybody still thinks it's ridiculous. I've not read a single positive word about it from anyone, including from some of the club presidents who supposedly voted for it. Um, and yet there have been no protests today, as far as I'm aware.
1: The only man I heard... Uh, talking about this tournament is Armando Perez, the, the Belgrano president yeah. saying that, that this what they what have just said that it has been approved and the details will be discussed later, uh, some some other time, and, and today he, he said uh, in radio that perhaps Grandona has different criteria than than the clubs have so it, that's clear with that uh, Grandona decides something and there is no votes that he says it will be like this, and, and, and if if there is someone this in disagree, dis and, and exactly, yeah, and there is um, there is a
0: guy on Twitter whose name I have forgotten, Leandro Ilian or something like that, who was there covering the case, and who was mentioning uh, the, the cable sports news channel in Argentina, who was mentioning on Twitter whilst it was uh, you know in the aftermath. He spoke to Armando Ferris and he, he got the, the quote Armando Fer Ferris incident, he was only to his for another term as Bill Granor president the day before this work happened. Um, he, he he got that quote from from Armando Ferris about the um, the details will have to be hashed out later and Ferris, from what I gather, said this in quite a sort of pissed-off way. he was gonna you know, be but you know, we've still not really debated anything, we don't know how it's gonna work. Um, and according to um to Ilian, um, there were, at least, he said at one point that he had already spoken out to five club presidents. None of them were in favour of the plan. And yet the vote of apparently was passed unanimously. So offstage, they're all against it completely. They don't believe that it's going to happen. They don't want it to happen. And yet when Grandona sits there and says, so then who's on my side? No one's got the balls to stand up. Um, apparently Belgrano of course and uh, also Vélez Sarsfield and Estudiantes were all um, quite pissed off about it uh, more than most uh, everybody else is falling into line to a greater or lesser degree this really is supposed to be Rondon's parting gift to Argentine football though, isn't it the whole idea that he was doing it is because he's meant to be leaving at the end of 2015 so why is he so obsessed with pushing it through what's in it for him I get
1: it I read them. Um, they try to find out what what he's searching for and I don't know I mean, what he said it, today personally of course no, we know no. what his
0: stated yeah. aims are and Peter you're about to go into them so let's uh, I'll let you
2: well, well you probably read a lot more about this than I did but he, he, his argument was that it financially will be is better for all the clubs involved and would kind of spread the wealth around Argentine football arguably right which is bollocks <laughs> there's, no, there's no more
0: TV money coming in he's pretty much already said that he came up with some very vague statement today saying um, the money will come, don't worry about that, the money will come. Um, he yeah, has to renegotiate
2: that with the. But exactly, I mean,
0: the, the TV people, Football <laughs> Parathodos, from the little that I've read about what they've had to say about it, don't seem to be in agreement with it or want it particularly. No one's going to want to pay more money for a league which involves more matches because, we'll get onto the structure in a second, but it's going to increase the number of matches per season by just over 50 in, in total whilst well, reducing the number of each matches that each team plays. Um, which, of course, from the television's point of view, you know, who cares how many matches? Crucero del Norte, who are presumably going to manage to make it you in. Know, um, or... Unión de Santa Fe, or San so Martín de San Juan, let's say who to gives a toss how many they're playing. But from the TV point of view, it reduces the number of matches that Boca and River are playing, and to an extent that Racing and Independiente and San Lorenzo are playing each season, by... 8 to 10, perhaps, as we say, we'll get on to the structure in a second. So, why, why are TV going to want to pay? And the clubs who are coming up are going to receive something like a tenth of the money that River and Boca get. River and Boca are going to be getting double the rest of the, the, what the other three big five clubs are going to get. Everyone else is going to get a slightly lesser sum, and the, from the newly promoted side is going to get absolutely bugger all.
1: I don't know, example, I think they, that River Boca in Saranzo, Urugani, if Uruguay gets the promotion, and Independiente Racing, if Independiente gets the promotion, will be. Same amount of matches between them. River will kind of be but well, I mean the same number of Classicals, yes. yeah. But what I mean is, River play.
0: So we may as well now talk about the structure, uh, because otherwise the the, the listeners obviously are, uh, don't do well presumably don't know as much about this as we do. Um, there's nothing been confirmed yet, but the way that it's looking most likely to go is that there's going to be a top flight of thirty clubs that are going to be is it is going to be everyone against everyone else once, home or away, not home and away with the return fixtures to be played the following year, with the exception, as Andres has just hinted, um, of the Classicos, and I'm going to put that in inverted commas, not because it's not a real word, because we all know it is, we all listen to Hand of Pod, and we're all on Hand of Pod, Um, with the exception of the classicos, and the reason I put it in inverted commas is that, of course, not every club in the Primera of 30 teams is going to have a classico rival in the same division. So... Godoy Cruz, let's say, if San Martín de San Juan or Independiente de Mendoza don't come up, aren't going to have a classical rival. Yeah. What happens if they both come up? Well, then, who knows. Um, Crucero del Norte, I assume, if they come up, are not going to have their classical rival, who I assume play somewhere down the Tornado del Interior, because Crucero del Norte have come up pretty quickly, maybe in Argentina huh? um, A number of clubs aren't going to have these rivals. And so you're going to end up with some which aren't classicos at all, Play presumably on the same weekends as River Plate, Racing, Independiente, San Lorenzo, or Racan, Vélez against all boys whose is Vélez's classic. No, against I, against I, I don't Rizzo.
1: see how, how this would benefit a club like Santa Marina, okay. for example, being premier in third division. As for, well, if they are in national Bay they they get their their matches uh, on TV. Santa Marina, by the way, club in biblioteca
0: Santa Marina, That's club and library Santa Marina as a English Dam pointed out to me on Twitter yesterday, um, just won promotion to the second division. So they could end up going up into the first division, from the third division to the, to the first division in the space of six months. Well, not six months exactly, of course, but uh, sort of seven and a half or whatever, which would be quite
1: bizarre. They, I think they lose they lose more than they win if they get a, a, a quick promotion to first division, because they are not prepared, they are not a, a big club in order to, to attend. Uh, something so big they have a uh, uh, players that that uh, their wages are three or four thousand pesos we are talking about three hundred dollars a month
0: yeah uh, at the official rate right? yes so if they actually want about with it, they can't even get hold of that much um the the point of this sorry in that case what i'm saying again just to take it back to what you said a few minutes ago andres is that the reason that I say that the, the matches for each club are going to be played is, okay, there are going to be the same number of Superclassicos, let's say, just to take River and Bocca as an example, same number of Classicals each year, two, three, if they both get to the Copa Arcanthena final, um, because of this extra round of Classicos, and that's clearly the only reason they're bloody doing it, because international TV has to have two Super Classicals every year. Um, but anyway, same number of Super Classicals each year. But other apart from that, River are only playing... Including the two superclasicos, they're only going to play 30 league games a year. At the moment, it's 38 because they're playing 19 in the CL, 19 in the final. Um, so every team is going to be affected the same way. They're all. I mean, the teams who come up from the B obviously are going to have slightly more again because the B is currently uh, 22 teams, so that's 42 matches. I'm confusing myself now. That's 12 fewer. Um, but for the top, for the sides in the A. In the Primera, it's going to be eight matches fewer, and yet they're somehow expecting to get more money out of it. Yes, from really that, that start money start. It comes from. Well, exactly. Yes, that's Bona. Is he going to pay it out of his Swiss bank
1: account? They will have to ask more money so? to the to, to the government. That's mm. clear. It's clear that they he will have to ask more money from the government. Not there. There is no 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 other source in order to get that money.
0: No, exactly, because, I mean, it's the government that paid the TV as well, so it's not even as if they can go to the TV providers without going to the government. Um, it's the same thing. Um, it's just a very baffling thing, and the thing that I am most surprised about is that there's not been any gathering that I've read about, at least on, BM, on the on the Day, outside the airport. No, I, I went past
2: there, oh, yeah. and it was business as usual.
0: <laughs> What's going on? Why... No-one's got anything positive to say about this. Everyone hates it. One of the main hashtags at the moment on Twitter Argentina, as we record, is Nuevo Doné or No, or no to the new championship. Um, that's, you know, that's not on Twitter Argentina football. That's just on Twitter Argentina full stop. Everybody hates it, including seemingly most of the club directors who voted for it. And yet no-one's protesting about it. Is this just because people don't believe it's going to happen, or...?
1: No, it, I think it, it will happen. It, if it's uh, uh, Grandona has stated it as as uh, um, as something done and as something that has already been signed, uh, it's 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 a fact. I don't think that any protest will 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 get to a, a good. Uh, will will have some effect. I think it won't. But the last protest. The last protest. Yeah, but I, I think that the, uh, the 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 problem is that in this case, that if someone is in disagreement and, and, and they say I say no to the tournament, I say no to the changes, and I say no to this to that, they they perhaps uh, suffer not receiving the money that they have been.
0: Oh, no, but I'm talking about fan protests. I'm talking about the the last time this happened. There were gatherings in the, in the Place de Mayo as well as in front of the the AFA headquarters in, in protest about it and this time. No one, none of them, you know, I'm not talking about club politicians or club directors or or barabrabbers, I'm talking about normal fans. Uh, no one seems to be mobilising against it in the same way. I think maybe Hand of Pod should use
2: its... Uh... it's <laughs> immense power. Its immense power and use uh, its charismatic leaders. eight <laughs> hundred, fifteen <laughs> hundred people oh, around the world. <laughs> you, you need to kick-start this revolution
1: yeah, that sounds some strange, that there, there were no something, like everyone go to the Plaza de Macho to, to protest about the new tournament or something like that, because it could possibly happen. Mm. But it, it at, 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 at least up to now, it well, it, it didn't happen, but it, as, as I said, it is uh, fresh, it is recent, and we don't know. It, perhaps next week, we have to say that these days, next days will
0: be holiday here. Hope. Yes, of course. tomorrow's uh, Thursday when when this is uploaded. It's going to be a uh, Workers' Day, uh, on May Day, uh, and then uh, Friday is a, a point there.
1: Yes. So we don't know if next week there is something organized in order to, to get a to, to make a, a, a march to the square to Plaza de Mayo, or whatever. But uh, uh, it was last night that this was decided. So there is time, I think, to and, and there is time also to be to this tournament tournament to be. To be started, because it, it will be in February of next year, so there is eight months in order to... Well, there's not though, is there?
0: Because the beginning of next season, beautiful segue, Andrew, thank you for setting it up for us, um, the beginning of next season is, is when it becomes irreversible, because from the beginning of next season, in the Primera, it maybe doesn't become irreversible, there will be played, there will be played, there will be uh, one last short championship played, um, the Initial Who knows what they're going to call it But there's going to be one last short championship Last Tourneu Initial On on the format that we all know and love In inverted commas Love um, Played in the Primera between the 20 teams The promotion and relegation at the end of this season I.e. In three weeks time now is going to be as it always is As as normal Um, But in the second division there's going to be a slightly different structure played over the normal uh, period of the first half of the season from from August to early December we're talking. Um, Two groups of 11 teams are going to play off I think in the standard short championship structure, right? So just one match between each of them. Like a
1: transition tournament.
0: Yes, Um, two groups of 11 teams. The top five from each of those two groups go up to the Primera uh, to start the new year. Um, and the bottom six obviously stay in the newly formed Nacional B. They're not really certainly thinking about what the structure of that's going, about what the structure of that's
1: going to be. Who knows? <laughs> it, don't know it I think that that gets into that details. That Armando Perez said it will be this. It will be discussed later. Mm. So you you first approve the tournament and then discuss it. And there's another it's... thing.
0: There's another thing that no one seems to have mentioned. I only realized it myself when I was. uh starting to write my previews last night and and realised that I was talking about relegation things and wondering whether they were really going to be meaningful. The Promedios, the beloved point average system in Argentina, are remaining when this new system comes in. So for next year, for the 2015 championship, when do the Promedios start from? Do they start from the beginning of next season? Do we not have next season's... Do we not have the, the initial 2014, let's call it that, because we don't know what else it's going to be called? Is that not going to count towards any relegation table? Do the promedios start from halfway through
1: this season that we're in at the there moment? There will be 10 teams yeah? that we'll we divide uh, from that only season, and we have, of course, 0.0. will mean, be like
0: some teams dividing over one and a half seasons, or two and a half seasons, or half a season, or how on earth are they going to do it?
2: The more we talk the about, this,
0: the more thing is How, <laughs> you however, you do it, for the first couple of seasons at least, because they're keeping it to three-year prolegios. So, for at least the first couple of seasons, even if whether they do it at the halfway point of the season, or whether they do it from the beginning point of whichever season they're starting it from, there are going to be some teams in the Premier who are dividing by two thirty-eight game seasons, and um, one or two who are only going to be dividing by so two thirty-eight game seasons plus a twenty-nine game season, and then there are going to be some who are just dividing by twenty-nine game seasons. Anyway, listeners might be able to sense our exasperation in, um, in discussing this. It must be said, to add a little bit of balance, in the same way that we tried to with uh, our discussion on Cantero last year, last, year, last week. Um, it looks like it was last year, because... <laughs> yes, yes, so much has happened. Um, that this is not the first time that the Argentine football authorities, I choose that last word very carefully, because it's not always been the AFA, um, have... Fucked around with the the system. To be honest, I'm not going to sugarcoat it any more than that. We have in front of us a short article by Clarine, um, underscoring, underlining the various different uh, just numbers of teams. Really, it, it sort of says it 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 sells itself as an article about all of the previous league structures. And in fact, it just says during these years there were X number of teams in the top flight. And it doesn't tell you anything about how it was structured. Um, there were even two football associations in Argentina towards the end of the amateur era from 1919 to 1926 the amateur association and the Argentine football league or Argentine football association league or something it was called and they were both amateur in spite of the the name of the amateur associations um, which fused to form what we now know as the AFA and herald the professional era we've had long proper 38 game championships for a few years during the nineteen eighties. We've had the short championships for the last twenty odd years. We had the first ever short championship season which was when Bocker won one and Newell's won one and then there was a playoff at the end so Boca's title didn't count from that. We had last season of course which was the first DDCL final season when Beles were temporarily handed that star and then had it taken away and then had it given back and then had it taken away again because they realised they were being silly, giving them a tenth league title for winning one game. Um, Many, many different structures. Andres, you're the Argentine, know I I already know your answer, so don't worry too much, but do you know anything about some of these previous
1: structures? I I know that. I remember having, of course, I have 35. I don't uh, remember about... uh, the fifties or the forties. But I remember I think twenty years ago to have to have a have have had a, 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 a like you said a, a, a traditional structure or format with twenty teams playing. On one single match, one each team. What what we in Europe would call proper
0: league system was the eighty nine ninety season is that right Yes, the, so the long term yes, championships began with the Apertura ninety and ninety one. Yeah, yes,
1: cool. but the long term uh, uh, tournament with thirty eight uh, matches and, and one champion, perhaps one w- winter champion and summer champion, but uh, it was it had no title. It was a yeah, it's like the same Germany the winter champion, but it's not yes. actually. It's
0: just a and and leader at the halfway
1: point. And, and some, I think that experiment that has has been done with, I don't remember exactly the year, but uh, I, I, I had, I, as I have mentioned, Peter, uh, when we were we were off air, that uh, there was a, a, a crazy uh, decision about the matches, which was that they do, there was a draw, they decided on penalties. Oh, <coughs> I remember seven about Yes. Years ago. Yeah. Uh, if 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 you lost the. Lost the penalty shootout, you got one point, and if you won it, two points. Of course, if you won it, they won the match in the 90 minutes. Uh, the, you had you got three points. All of this, of course, everything that happened during the 80s, we're talking about the same upper president. Yes. It's all happened under Grondona's watch. Yes, but no, I don't remember. Of course, having 30 30 teams, and and, and, and what is more crazy about it is not knowing how they will get the promotion. The team the ten teams that are, are missing. Uh, if they will be promoted all, all in a row, or or, or from in February February they have to be there in the first division, it's something that still surprises. So uh, mm-hmm. I I I could I I could know about the previous formats of the of the of the different tournaments, but like this I think that it has been never. None. One thing I've always
0: wondered And don't worry if you can't answer And it, this genuinely is a question Because I've never managed to fully get my head around it Is Metropolitana and Nacional During the 70s right, Or, or from the late 60s in fact Throughout the 70s towards to the start of the, the uh, long championships in the 80s There were two championships in Argentina There was a Metropolitana Which was between teams from Greater Buenos Aires Which included La Plata Rosario And Santa Fe I think. Yes. Yeah. Newells yes. awesome and Central played them. I think Colomb did as well and Union. Um, and then the Nacional, which included all the teams, the Provinces, was the first attempt at federalising Argentine football. Um, how did they work? Which was more important, do you know? Obviously, this is, the reason I'm asking, do you know, is because yes. it's you know, going back to the I, I, six, I, this was
1: I like don't practice. remember exactly, but what I do know is that now the Primera B Nacional. We know it today. Mm. We'll lose some some interest because most of the teams of first of Primera B Nacional, the second division, will be in first in first division from February. So I don't know how we will uh, the actual Primera B Nacional work. And, what and this we'll is this is another point that I saw mentioned
0: a couple of times on Twitter, but not an awful lot. Uh, last night was that the Primera is so horrible at the moment. That, and, and this is the most football hipster thing you're ever going to uh, you, you're, you're ever going to hear. I, I know that a lot of our listeners um, probably get taunted for being football hipsters on the rare occasions that they agree uh, that, that they admit in public to listening to an English language Argentine football podcast. Um, but just steel yourselves here, because there are lots of people in Argentina who will tell you that they at the moment prefer watching the bee, at least as neutrals um, to the Primera, yeah. because so many of the teams in the Primera play L- all a lot of the
1: teams in the big last round somewhere. there have had been 14 goals in 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 premier in first division and and 23 or 24 in, in second mm. so uh, yes there are more attractive matches in more in, in 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 several cases are, are more th- more interesting matches in primera Nacional than in 1st Division. and, uh, and the people so, are upset
0: because this is going to destroy the the best division in some it's tournaments, old championship. There are teams playing proper football. Also. Some divisions will
1: change their names. Also, yeah. I think that the, uh, the Primera Metropolitana, which is the third third division, will have the, uh, the Primera Metropolitana name, and the Primera C, which is the fourth, the the, the actual fourth division, will be called Primera Metropolitana Two or something something yeah. like that this isn't going to get confusing
0: at all is it yes. and then Toneo, Argentina uh, and Bay, which are unfederated teams supposedly now are going to be mixed in that you're going to have some federated teams going out to so them some unfederated teams being relegated to the Metropolitan Bem- Bem- from the National
1: I think like in, it, in Italy there is something similar which is, is Syria, Syria C1 and C2 BM, yeah. yes like something like that I think mm. only the name of
0: course yeah um, and indeed in Spain as well they have Segunda and Segunda B um, mm-hmm. But still there's, As Andres already said There's quite a lot That we don't know About this yet We can keep our Fingers crossed And hope it doesn't Come in And I think that That's not an Entirely unrealistic Hope I certainly I'm not sure I've put the chance Of this championship Actually starting At higher than About 85% At this moment In time Just because of The, the amount of opposition There clearly is to um, If it did come in How easy would it Be to undo I mean, given that is going to be gone within a year, if he keeps his word, which is Julio Grandona, so doubtful. But uh, if it does come in and he, he leaves in October 2015, as he says he well, do you think the next person is going to be able to come in and tear up the plan and somehow get us back to a, something resembling <laughs> a 20-team top flight within a couple the, of years? It will depend
1: on, on who, who is the the, the next person, because I don't think Grandona will leave a, such... Uh, in someone who who is not uh, behind him to leave uh, everything as as, as, as uh, the things as, as he left them so mm. uh, I think that they, there will be someone who is but
0: I mean you say that but at the same time yes. Argentine football losing Julio Rondona at the head of the AFA is going to be like Alex Ferguson leaving Manchester United they need to make sure they don't replace the next president of the AFA doesn't become David Moyes because if that happens we might actually have a decent league <laughs> <laughs> when he loses <leaves laughs> his iron grip on on, uh, on the Argentine football um, who knows what could happen anyway we've been talking for 29 minutes about the new structure without really asking to give any detail or anything conclusive either way so we don't have bored you we are now going to get on some football I
2: think that 29 minutes is important that in that 29 minutes we seem to have found quite a number of glaring Problems with this setup. You're yeah, right. Now I like. Can I would like to think that this after meeting with all the presidents, which was I imagine longer than 29 minutes. <laughs> surely someone would have could have. Someone please would have said something along those lines, just on any one of those subjects. Uh, excuse me. What about promotion or relegation? And then said, Yeah, you know what? This is absolute bullshit. And instead, obviously, everyone just went, Yeah, you know what? This is great. We completely agree with you.
1: Push ahead. Uh, but ah. as i as I started saying when you asked me about the the, the new tournament is that if the if the president of a of a club that ha, ha has attended the meeting say that says that he doesn't know about the details that he only knows that it the tournament the new tournament of thirty teams has been approved what can we know mm. because there is not something written or something officially released is all, all all everything is in the air and we don't know uh, much more than we have already said. Indeed, and one last
0: point on it as well, which um, I only saw made in passing and it doesn't seem to have occurred to many people. Defensa Justicia, to take it as an example. Even Crucero del who I think at the moment is still in the promotion spots so we're get, a little bit later obviously. But, um, have been working for several years. but they've had long term projects in place. They've worked tremendously hard to get up to the Primera and they're finally doing it in the manner that they should, in the offensive case, winning a very competitive division played over a full season. Um, they're still top of it, I think. Well, no, they're, they're fighting for the title and these Bamford might have overtaken and yeah. be a point ahead now. Uh, we'll find out in a, in a few minutes. Um, they're still top of it. They've been putting everything into it. They're going to finally win promotion after you know, years of hard work for next season. And it turns out they could have just waited another six months and they'd have had a 50-50 chance of getting into it anyway. It kind of cheapens their promotion. It also, of course, cheapens, say, Argentinos relegation. It's no coincidence that one of the very few voices I've read saying anything at all halfway good about it was Luis Segura, the president of Argentinos Junior, was a good fan of, uh, friend of Julio Bondona. This vote happens to take place a couple of days after his club are relegated for the first time in just over a decade. Um... Can we think of anything good to say about it? No. At all? the No. For <laughs> it's year round. It's finally going to be Argentine football respecting the, the seasons of the Southern Hemisphere rather than trying to pretend it's European as it has been for the last 20-odd years. Um,
2: that's about it, I
0: think. <laughs> Apart from that, I'm struggling. I suppose it might help teams to compete better in the Libertadores if they're not going to play... Nineteen matches in that first half of the year. They could split it up a bit better. Believe it or so.
2: Well, yeah, but I mean, even then, like, I do, mean, you, do you structure your league system around around the continental system that, like, and the and just a few, the few teams that that have qualified for that. Mm. I don't, I don't, I don't think so.
1: Still don't know if there will be yeah. two two groups of fifteen teams, where I,
0: perhaps it's this is the other point. Yeah, of course, uh, the structure I already mentioned of one league of twenty nine teams, followed by a, another round of the reverse just for the classical. Seems like the most likely from what I have read, but there is another suggestion, which is that it might be two groups of fifteen teams, followed by also with an extra round for the classicos. So in these two groups of fifteen team system, River and Boca, for instance, would be kept in different groups and would then play one match, one superclasico against each other. Now that's another point, but I'm going to come on to that in a second. That I've just that's just occurred to me that I wanted to say earlier, um, followed by semi-finals and finals decide so the the Championship, um, similar to similar system to Mexico. Now, one other point is, aside from the fact that not everyone has got a classical rival, River and Boca's classical rivals, to to pluck an example out of thin air, are River Plate and Boca Juniors. Godoy Cruz's classical rivals, let's assume that they come up to the Primera for this, are San Martín de San Juan, who, with the best will in the world, are not very good at the moment. If River Plate have to play Boca Juniors, twice in one season and everyone else once and Godoy Cruz have to play everyone else once and get to play San Martin as their extra match and if those two teams are fighting for the title prior to this extra match being played let's say I know it's unlikely but still it's not really fair on River is it they've got two matches against a <laughs> well okay the, the, the opportunity to take a dig at Boca is I an mean, enormous attempt <laughs> but I'm not going to they've got two matches against a supposedly much more challenging opponent whereas Godoy Cruz gets to play their extra match against an opponent that I mean at least right now if they were to do it this year they'd beat black and blue so many reasons anyway here's a little bit of theme music um, Mm. because we've already been talking for 35 minutes and we haven't even mentioned any football at all yet we apologise we will come back in a couple of minutes and we're going to put all of this uh, anger behind us and get on to what was an interesting weekend in the Toneo Finale. I almost got the name wrong myself there. recommend no more than 20 teams in the top flight um, and this season we still have 20 teams in the top flight so let's get back to the Donnell Finale a sensibly structured championship <laughs> he raises his eyebrows as he says it um, we have had an interesting weekend we've had a tragic weekend for one club in footballing terms at least of course there are greater tragedies in the world um, and we've had a weekend which is Interesting in terms of the title race. Mystic Sam got three results correct um, this weekend, just gone. Sadly, I'm trying to remember what the third one was now. Oh, um, that's right, yes. Okay. Um, three of them, all three of them, affected the title race in some way. Because one of them was the game I was at. For the second weekend running, I went to Argentina Juniors. However, it wasn't too bad, because I got to see Gymnasia this time. I I only saw Racing the week before, and that really was a mistake Um, that I got bullied into it by Rupert, as I mentioned last week. Uh, This week we saw Gymnasia, and they beat... I saw Gymnasia, sorry, and they beat uh, beat Gymnasia. They beat Argentinos Juniors 2-0, a result which put Argentinos Juniors teetering on the precipice um, to be pushed over the following day. when Olimpo Olimpo got an equaliser against River Plate in Bahia Blanca to draw 1-1. Both of those results, of course, vital for the title race because Gymnasia and River were joint top of the table prior to last weekend. The mathematically sound of mind will be able to work out, therefore, how many points Gymnasia are now behind, ahead, (laughs) behind uh, ahead by. Um... River played quite well. Gymnasia played very well, I have to say, even bearing in mind it was against Argentina, Maybe it was because I just had the uh, contrast in my mind of having seen Racing just do their very best not to beat them um, the previous week. But Gymnasia, first time I'd seen them in the flesh for some time actually, certainly since they went down, maybe since the end of the 2010 season. I think I might have seen them once when I first moved here. Um, even without Omar Pulso gobbling up balls in the midfield because he was suspended, uh, They were very good Franco Moussis, What a player! He's already off, of course. He's been, yes, sold, to Copenhagen.
1: He's he's already been sold to I think uh, Anderlecht from Belgium. No, it's Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Denmark. Ah, Copenhagen, sorry, from Denmark. And uh, uh, he's a really good player. I mean, obviously, I need to watch him. He's the, like the, a the multi-purpose players. player. He's, he's right. everywhere, and uh, some some gymnasia supporters doubted about his if he would, would go in would, would put the leg in as as a uh, if he wouldn't have been have, have solved hmm. and he's uh, demonstrating that, that he's uh, uh, well he he's like forgot about the the the, the transference and, and played
0: very well and yeah and Miloc alongside him in central midfield uh, obviously it's only Argentinos that are playing against but Understudy for, for Pulso who is uh, Pulso the, re- the reason I'm mentioning him in those suspender is that he is statistically, and I think in terms of just watching him play as well, I enjoy it because he's a really fantastically effective midfielder. He might be the most effective number five in the Argentine League. Number of interceptions he makes is just off the charts compared with almost everyone else in the league, certainly every other midfielder. Um, and Lenoc did a decent job as well um, in the middle. Argentinos. Now having seen them twice in a row at home, their attack really is just Piscolici, he's the only player. Ramirez, I think it's Ramirez down the left, actually, I've got the numbers here, sure numbers. Yeah, it is, Juan Ramirez, kind of all right, but slightly brainless on the left, but Piscolici, the problem Argentinos really have, is that he, they try to play decent stuff, they try to play it, Piscolici is clearly the best player, which means it goes all the way through him, and he pulls off to the left so frequently the, the attack just becomes predictable. It's really easy to defend against because they always know.
1: Well, they're not going to go down the right. We can completely ignore Argentino's right winger because he's not going to get the ball. Um, also, Drupi, Drupi Gomez, Rodrigo Gomez, was one once one to watch, a player to watch, and, and now he, his performance went down very surprisingly because he was very dangerous player, yeah, uh, very fast. At the beginning also. of the season,
0: yes, yeah, about. Five or six fantastic matches, didn't they? Um, Argentinos are relegated as a result of this. After the game, of course, after losing to Ignacia, it was already basically certain. I mean, they were going to need to win all of their matches, and for Olimpo and Rafaela, sorry, At- Atletico, to lose all of theirs, which ain't going to happen, for Argentinos to, to scrape a playoff. Um, so after the Gimnasia game, already knowing that they were down, basically, the, the crowd um, were all chanting against Segura. Lots of thank yous for Bici Borgi, the manager, and applause, muted applause, but some applause from the players, no booing for the players. And then out came the Segura, hijo de puta, um, chanting, which bearing in mind that Segura, when Argentinos won the league four years ago, under the same manager, funnily enough, um, you know, Segura was best buddies with Rondona, he's still Rondola, one of Rondona's right hand men. Um, he's played his part in Argentinos being in the Primera. He also now has come out and said, I don't share the blame with anybody. It's entirely my fault as relegation. Um, but it says something about the, kind of, the way that political power plays in Argentine football can end up reflecting on, on the club. Because you know one of other reasons, of course, for Independiente's relegation, as well as corrupt and very bad management off the pitch, was just the complete cut-off from the effort that, that they had as a result. Uh, particularly after Cantero came in and decided to take on the bad rap, as we discussed last week, um, what lies ahead for Argentinos in their six-month stay in the second division before being promoted
1: back to the top line? It, well, uh, uh, you, you mentioned Borgi and he he said that he will continue. He will be the coach for Argentinos Juniors in the Primera B Nacional. Good. He will he will accept a, a wage. Lower, uh, and he he said the, his assistants. Well, you can do what you want. I will mm. uh, be. Uh, I will have a lower wages uh, wage, and I will be okay. And you know what? Coming from Borji, that doesn't
0: surprise me. From almost any other manager in Argentine football, it would. Yes. Uh, but I remember last time we had uh, German down, the Argentino season ticket holder. Of course, he was expressing some doubts that Borji would want to stay if they went down. And um, I never entirely sort of agreed with him. Um, Borges, he's just a massive Argentinos so fan. He just loves the club, uh, so I'm glad this time. And,
1: and and they will try some some legendary players to come 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 back to Argentina juniors in order to get them again to the primer, first division Esteban, before Camilla, this. So. No, not Cambiaso. Uh, Caruso was mentioned. The 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 back that this that now is. At Universidad University Chile, also Christian Ledesma, yes. Okay. He was he was named uh, from possible for possible players that come back to Argentinos. Also yeah. Ledesma. Kind of <laughs> they uh, to go for. Cambios. And Lucas Barrios, They've got to go for Cambiasso. And Lucas Barrios, who is who, I really I don't really know where he's now. He if he's still at China or, or where. Mm. I think so. Yes. I
0: I'm not exactly keeping up with them so yeah, like, yeah um, I'm not sure um, let's talk a little about Argentina's relegation because in there they've had a, what 11 year spell I think it is in the Primera. Um, they have the club who if, if you had contacted me in the last couple of seasons and wanted to go to a game with me I know that one or two of you are still listening to the podcast um, they're the club you're most likely to have been to see because they have an excellent museum uh, put together by the fans um, the only club museum actually it's the only football museum in Buenos Aires apart from rivers and Bocas because there is no Argentine museum of football ridiculously um, they won the Copa Libertadores in 85 they've won four I think it is Primera championships including of course four years ago when Hand of Pod started midway through the 2010 Doroneo Apertura I almost called it Inicial um, Argentinos Julios were the reigning champions of Argentina um, and they've always had a focus on, on Youth development and stuff I mean they've given a lot to Argentine football They've given I don't know the exact statistics But I think they, they have produced from their own Youth system at least If not from their own first team But coming from the youth system they, They've produced more Argentine internationals Than anyone else Apart from Boca and River right? Yes. Possibly yes. Racing but We'd be going back to the 50s and 40s for that Maybe um, And it's kind of sad. I mean, four years ago they were involved in a really thrilling title race, and now under the same manager as well, after has come back to try and save the club, and it's not worked out. I I really feel for them, as you might have noticed. I have a bit of a soft spot for them.
1: Yes, it has to do with the uh, with the uh, unavoidable uh, system that uh, uh, makes uh, teams to get rid of their players and and how to sell them. Which now it's not like that, but uh, when Argentinos was a, was the champion, they had to to sell lot of players. The, what what is usual in in, in this country? And they had a completely new team in the the following mm. the following championship. And yes, it, it's strange and it's uh, of course a uh, uh, lot of people are, are sad about the uh, the Argentinos Juniors relegation rele- rele- because of the, 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 the 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 play that they used to to to, to have uh, and the, the players they they used to release like yeah. Fernando Redondo, one of the most
0: yeah Rendon uh, well biglia the current national team is not maybe quite on the same yes. level but uh, still Riccielma yes well I took Rupert last weekend but Portiosa, one to see I think mean, si- I mean, we took yes. him around the museum afterwards and of course. Uh, one of the things that Rupert was most excited about, far more than the Diego Maradona section, because of course Maradona played five years for Argentinos before playing one season for Boca. He's still Argentinos all-time top scorer, I believe. Um, was was Riquelme's boots one of one of the first pairs of uh, boots that Riquelme had to wear during one of his first matches in Argentinos? Are um, uh, there in in the uh, in the cabinet? And certainly when when Riquelme in fact was um, the last time Riquelme was in contract dispute with Boca, which was this time was it only a year ago or was it a year and a half ago or was it two years ago I can't remember anyway whenever it was um, Arpentinos and one of the clubs who were linked with Raquel of course Tegner, he's, uh, the club is always supported but Arpentinos was where he came came up through um, and they in fact retain a really decent youth system I'm thinking in the long term even if they can't get these good players back in two to three years even if the structure of the league ends up staying the same Argentinos are going to be back Because they've got some really decent youth players And they show faith in them um, Anyway we can't spend all, all the time Talking about Argentinos. Neil's old boys Neil's old boys beat Tigre 2-1 I think it was the only game played on Friday I'm going to mention it principally I missed the game I was at a happy hour uh, Run by a friend in a very posh hotel In Belgrano uh, But when I got home I looked up the goals on YouTube And I was astonished Partly because, first of all, I looked up just the score on YouTube and, and uh, not on YouTube on, on uh, Universal Football, um, and noted the goal scorers. And Ariel Pan had scored for Tigre, which is relatively surprising until you learn that it was a penalty um, to put them one 0 up. Ezequiel Ponce, the, he's now turned seventeen, he was sixteen when we first mentioned him on hand the pod a few weeks ago, um, scored an equaliser for Newell's just after the, uh, the the just before sorry the hour mark, and then. 61 minutes into the match, of all the players who could possibly score for Niels ever Eben Banega scored his first goal for the club that he's supported since he was a boy. It's his first goal in professional football in just over a year because apparently his last one was sometime in April last year for Valencia. And then I looked it up on YouTube, and my word, There were a few good goals scored in Argentina uh, The weekend just gone There weren't very many of them But uh, there weren't very many goals But the ones that were were quite good Himalasius first as well was an absolute cracker Two minutes in for about 30 yards It was ridiculous Um, I mean the stadium went silent But I wanted to stand up and applaud I have to admit Um, But Banegas is probably the one that you should look up If you like seeing just rockets into the top corner I mean Yes the ball was straight tyre from the went up. straight to the <laughs> <that> <laughs> to top yeah. it, it just flew and it was ridiculous um, so Newell's got a 2-1 but the play
1: sorry the play that ended with the penalty that pan converted was very very
0: was it Lucas Hanson no it was Ah, Wilchess Wilchess one of the Lucases I knew it was one of them yes fantastic seller running cutting it from the left and getting brought down just as he was shooting as well I mean if he, if he got the shot away and he got in yes. that would have been goal of the season content uh, material um, on Saturday Belgrano drew 0-0 with San Lorenzo um, Atletico de Rafaela drew 1-1 with Colón trying to remember if anything I, I, I missed both of these Saturday games of course because I was at Argentinos for Gymnasia um, Venice-Southfield Got a slightly surprising result Given that Venice Are paying no attention Whatsoever To the league They Twatted Rosario-Central
2: um, 4-1 Another good goal there actually Salati's opener In Sarate, yes. Race, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah Another yes Great goal
0: Was that the overhead kick? Yeah Yeah um, And then hilariously, although it did cost Mystic Sam another correct prediction because I predicted that Racing should have won it, I predicted it, therefore that it was going to be a draw and of course Kilnes ended up winning it uh, with a goal in the 32nd minute of the second half from Gonzalo Rios after Sebastian Saha. Actually I don't think it was Saha's fault, I've only seen a replay of the goal, I haven't seen the game live. Saha made a decent save, and then his defenders just sort of stood there watching the ball rebound beautifully onto Rios' foot as Rios tucked it away. Like, because no one was running into Like Chelsea defence today. Somebody, yes, somebody yeah, today. almost. yeah. Um, La Luz, on, uh, we're into Sunday now in fact, uh, Estudiantes, sorry, uh, hosting Godoy Cruz, Estudiantes don't lose at home and Godoy Cruz don't win away. But what a god off again, from Facundo Castichon to win it 1-0 for Godoy Cruz, that's a huge win in the relegation battle, it probably keeps Godoy Cruz up, it's not completely certain that they have to do, they've got to drop a lot of points now and for the teams just below them um, to win a lot of points, they've not looked like winning, um, in order for them to go down, that was a 1-0 win for Godoy Cruz. Lanus, had to work very hard, but won one nil against all boys. With I'm not going to say spectacular, but it was certainly a very impressive diving header from Santiago Silva.
1: It was most, more spectacular the celebration than the goal, I think.
0: Yes, tearing up one of the sponsor thingies lying on the floor and just looking really angry as he turns to. I um, see. I don't think diving header is the right. Thing. It was kind of a flying header. Yeah. It wasn't a towering leap, vertical leap up. It was a diving header but it was executed with his head roughly at the height of the crossbar. I mean it was just at the near post and what the goalkeeper just... they
1: I think they all the said ouch because it was very <laughs> very strong very strong header.
0: Um, we've already mentioned the last game on Sunday was on 1, River played 1. Uh, River I thought played pretty well actually apart from the equaliser and it was one of the ones that Mystic Sam got right because a draw the way in Bayer Blanca Although, you know, I, I realised that a lot of River fans say, oh, but it's not what River, you know, River are bigger than this, River should be expected to go and blow But from a completely neutral point of view, Olimpo don't lose many games at home. They, they keep them very tight, that's what happened. The pitch was in an awful state. Um, it's like a
1: karma for, for River, the, the, the away matches only... Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, plus, I mean, River's away matches, during full stop, have been very poor, but Olimpo, throughout the season, even when they were rubbish during the torneo initial. They still weren't easy to beat at home. I think was it something like they went eight games at the start of the NECR without winning? But they drew all of their home games. They they went unbeaten at home until they played something like their sixth home games. Probably make
2: some mention to the very welcoming, um, neutral Olimpo residents. Of course, um, you're um, right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Tell us about it, please. you've not spoken to him uh,
2: well, I guess it was most apparent when Carlos I put uh, river in front uh, and uh, with, no, with, with a great guy. Uh, which prompted wild celebrations behind the goal that he scored in, which was supposedly full of these neutral fans that are just. And
0: why were the neutral fans there, Peter? Give us some background.
2: Well, the back. Well, we spoke about it last week, I think. Oh, did. We? In like talking about the build-up to this game. Oh, you're yeah, right. Of course, we did. Yeah. Because at one stage it looked as though we just said Olympia were allowing this neutral sports, and then the next day uh, they they, say they new- tried to stop that from happening, basically, didn't they? And yes, everyone uh, the, had to sign up to become an member. The
0: province of Buenos Aires security forces said that Olimpo weren't going to be allowed to sell any tickets to anyone who wasn't an Olimpo member. So Olimpo decided to combat this by allowing whoever wanted to just sign up on a fast track membership scheme. <coughs> they gave them a membership. And because, of course, vendors get in free to, to the popular, and the Westland is the popular, um, they decided to make Sunday the day of the club, which means that everybody to the stadium has got to give 150 pesos extra. <laughs> over what they would normally pay, which then goes into the—I mean, this is something that clubs do once a season, and they have the right to do it once a season. Um, and it goes towards the, I think, the youth structure normally, or towards stadium improvements or paint—you know, doing up the toilets in the stadium or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, they, they made a, a fair bit from it, but there was no, there wasn't even a pretense of neutrality. It was quite brilliant. Oh, especially into the, carbonara, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <amongst> the, <laughs> the fact completely carbon Yeah, exactly. Jumping up onto the fence and celebrating all he... these fans who allegedly.
1: We're just there to watch the game, but, but I think that with the new tournament, clubs will have money enough in order not to 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 sign new new socios for for a single match, and and they will have also a week crowd allowed to the stadiums. So I I, I, I I hope that things are normal and and this doesn't happen anymore because Olímpo wanted to sign new four thousand new socios and. And the security forces said no. It's when they were signing 1,400. They said this is it. You are not allowed to sign, sign any more. Oh, really? Yes.
0: My word. Um, The remaining match was Boca Juniors versus Arsenal. We've seen many Boca Juniors matches in uh, this season, and we've, I would say, moaned about them. We've done more laughing, to be honest. Um, I think it's fair to say that this is one game that we were not expecting to finish 4-2.
2: We're never expecting any game in Argentina to
0: finish 4-2. No, but if you looked at one game the past weekend and said which game do you think is going to involve four goals? Because we also didn't expect
1: Boca to to score a goal in the first minute, perhaps.
0: No, of course. Um, Boca won, by the way, just in case anyone is wondering and hasn't yet uh, been made aware of the results. They had two penalties. They had two penalties in their previous home game as well against Godoy Cruz, which was a 3-0 win. And the same thing happened for those two penalties. Juan Román Riquelme scored the first and then let Emmanuel Scigliotti take the second in both cases.
2: Was he still on the pitch for this one as well? He was, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, He was still on the pitch for both of them. In fact, he played 19 minutes. Oh, no, he didn't play 19 minutes. He went off with 12 minutes to go against
2: Arsenal. Um,
0: The other goals from Boca were from Christian Herbes and Nicolás Colasso. They were both from open play. Now, normally, when we see a team score four goals and the goal scorers are four different people, I say, this is a sign of a functioning attack. Have I now got to admit that Boca are no longer shit?
2: Might just Is is Bianchi
0: finally getting to them? Or is it just... I think that's a bit... bit
2: uh, Maybe you just have to water down your shit response. I don't know if we can... I don't know if we can quite say... I don't know if we can yet say he's turned around beating Tigre. Oh, being Arsenal, sorry.
0: Arsenal, of course, uh, Martin Palermo's second game, second league game, third game overall because he managed the first leg of the Copa Libertadores in the meantime, of which more in a couple of seconds, um, in charge of Arsenal and him as well as Roberto Armandansieri and... Schiavi. Rolando Schiavi, thank you, that address, um, were given heroes' welcomes. I think Schiavi was presented with a plaque for the number of appearances made for Boca or something like that and Valero was just applauded onto the pitch until he sat in his seat. Um, Okay. Welcome back, Martin. Um, But then, I mean, it has to be said, it was the best Boca performance I've seen in at least two years. Just trying to think
1: back. uh, I I can't think of uh, many better ones. Looks like they they remembered how to play a bit late.
0: Yeah, because I mean, against Galois Cruz in the previous home game, as I say, they won 3-0, but they really didn't look they they don't need yeah, the match the from the beginning It had as much play. to do with the fact that Golovic was just awful away Whereas on Sunday, okay, Arsenal, as we know, were pretty serious yes. this season the They league.
1: were the owners of the match from the beginning Helped by the very early goal mm. because and, uh, was a
0: really nice finish Yes, That was a really nice 40, goal five, It was the, apparently the fourth fastest Boca Juniors goal in short championship mm. history So in the last 23
1: years we draw Ro- roles inverted because Gigliotti was the one who, who passed the ball to to mm. Erbes and Erbes uh, making a, a very really nice very play. very nice ending. Uh,
2: yes. Yeah, um, and a great first touch as well. Actually, I mean because he was under quite a bit of pressure from the defender. Yes, he controlled the ball, so he, he took it in his stride. And yeah, that's true.
1: What we don't know, sorry, is why they're so much mystery, mystery about the, the Riquelme uh, re, uh, following uh, going on in Boca or not uh, Riquelme saying I will be here in the Qua- Torquato," or uh, I don't know well yeah
0: this, uh, is, this is hilarious as well because I, mean, the, the, I actually tweeted after the game Riquelme is clearly just doing this to get a new contract because it has to be said he was magisterial I mean on, on Sunday he he was and, you know, I, 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 we've made the point various times this season on Hand of Pod that regardless of the fact that he doesn't have any knees left, that he just barely moves off the ball anymore, that Bocker's attack still just doesn't function without him. They can't create anything without him at all. We've said this before. Um, we've almost been poking as much fun at Raquel, then, as we have at everyone else uh, in, in Bocker's attack um, by saying that they shouldn't be as reliant on him as they are given that he's clearly not the Riquelme a few years ago we've had this season uh, Inicial plus final. Rob Brown um, has come down here specifically almost specifically to watch Riquelme we've had Rupert come back here and see Riquelme in La Montera against San Lorenzo so it's a Clasico of some sort um, and they've both been delighted even though they've both had to admit that he wasn't really that good on Sunday he was just superb I mean, if I'd been neutral, rather than... He came in the the uh, wrong wrong time. to
1: lose or draw. He came in the wrong time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he's he's clearly... I mean, if they give him a contract now, do you trust him to keep up the form of Sunday? I think that he's doing this on purpose. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's only playing this way because he's after a contract. Or, maybe not, if he really doesn't care. Who knows? The standings at present. The relegation table, we said last week it looked... Um, all decided and now this week it looks more decided than ever Argentinos Juniors as we've already mentioned are down all boys have got to win this weekend if all boys do not win this coming weekend they are relegated even if they win this weekend um, I think it's Godoy no Colón if Colón can get one point that will be enough to relegate all boys Um I've gone on. into all of this on. in some detail, but basically, all boys are, are, are down. They're completely doomed. They've got to win this weekend, and they're playing this weekend. Anybody? They're at home to Boca Juniors. So, good luck with that one. It's the Lamatter game, which gives them some hope because River and Boca don't tend to win so matches. He must win,
1: and, and. The
0: Boca now unbeaten in five, and all boys have a won in eight. They've scored two goals in the last eight games I think all boys um, so they looked down and Quilmes Quilmes so after that 1-0 win at pressing, Ricardo Caruso Lombardi was interviewed by uh, what's the name of that football programme on, on Canal Ciete right after the football finishes Football yes. Football is Allowed um, which I believe is a, a reference to those sides you see saying ball games not allowed um, he was interviewed by them immediately after the match and they said you said a few weeks ago that you felt like you were 90% relegated. What do you think now? And Caruso just replied, well, maybe 85 or something like that. Um, I think that's probably about right because Quilmes have got a guinea right now. They're at home to Argentinos Juniors. That's the kind of, let's say, a one quarter classical. Um, it's a bit of a rivalry, and of course, it's Caruso against the club that he's essentially pushed towards relegation by fucking them up so much earlier in the season. Um, they're at home target Dinos Juniors which he would suggest has got to be a win. After that their last two matches are away no sorry at home to Gimnasia La Plata and away on the final weekend to River Plate whose home record so far in the torneo final reads played 7-1-6 lost 1 and that was in the last minute against Godoy Cruz. Um, so Quilmes' chances don't look fantastic. I think they need four points they need at least four points if the teams above them lose every single one of their matches. It realistically, Kid must need uh, nine. Their now only hope
2: really is the fact that Atletico, and now are actually looking pretty crap. But even Atletico only really need two points in the last three matches. I- yep, I'm, I'm just clutching The straws. I mean, like I said last week, I think because of Kill- given Kilmas is running. I think, mm. they, they, I think the block-bottom fear decided I mean, if I was really yeah. trying to make an argument I'd say... This is the bad thing, I mean,
0: you can almost leave the run it of bit now because they're just mathematically up to the results this weekend even with Kilmes winning against Racing um, that dude The title race, of course the reason that Kilmes running is so hard is that Gimnasia La Plata top of the league following that victory against Argentinos Juniors um, they're on 30 points they've won 9, drawn 3 and lost 4 They've also scored more than anybody else in the league, apart from, slightly bizarrely, Vélez Sarsfields, who are down in eighth, eighth who have scored 28 to Jiménez, 24. But there we go. And, uh, oh no, Belgrano oh only scored 16. They've dried up, well, they've barely scored in the last few games, in that case. Um, Godoy, Cruz and River Plate are currently second and third, both on 28 points. Colón have 27, Estudiantes have 26 Sixth place for the moment, but this will have changed by the time you hear this. Um, are Lanus because as we speak, Lanus have played 15 matches, which is one fewer than everyone else. And one uh, sorry, they've won eight, but I meant to say they've got 25 points. Um, however, they are currently 18 minutes and 30 seconds into their match at home to Tigre. Postponed from the 14th round, which was the midweek round of two weeks ago when they had to play Santos Laguna in the Copa Libertadores. Um, if they win this match, and you'd have to say that given they're playing Tigre they're the home side, and Lanus have won now six in a row at home, yeah, I think they're home without records. conceding any goals at all. And the record's
2: only second to realise that, I think.
0: Sorry, no, River have won six in a row at home without conceding any goals at all. Lanus have won six games in a row, conceding one goal in the process. Um, you'd have to suggest at this stage at least that Lanús are very much favourites to win this. If they do, they will join Golo Cruz and River Plate on 28 points. And this weekend, Jimena Sierra Plata hosts Lanús. So that's going to be interesting. And this is the reason that I still think, just kind have a sneaking suspicion, that River Plate might be title favourites, even though they're two points behind. Because... Cunassia of course have a Kilnes side who might still be mathematically alive and fighting for their lives in the penultimate round but will almost certainly be relegated by the time they play River away on the final weekend um, whilst River's run-in involves okay of wave is it scary um, they're at home this weekend to Racing
1: yes it, it sounds easy but but River has has uh, uh, disappeared didn't take advantage of, of some situations or of some matches that if they if if they had won they would be in the on the top. In oh the yeah, top. Everyone's got that. Like, like
0: Rassi have won six times in the monument if fell, Ever. If River lose. According to, that, to someone on Teve If, if River
2: lose to at home, then frankly they do not deserve <laughs> to be champions. I,
0: I almost go as far as to say that they deserve. To I still think they do. So, I still think they lose for six months. <laughs>
1: I still think they don't deserve because they, 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 they drew, drew a lot of matches and... they draw four matches after us. They've lost a
0: couple too many, well. that's true, but everyone's lost lots of matches, apart from the Studiantes. Um, River's three Games are at home to Racing, at home to Kielmes on the last day, and sandwiched in between them, uh, they've got a terrifying away trip because it's away and River are poor away. But this away trip is to Argentina Juniors. I mean, surely that's got to be nine points. If River have got 28 now, you'd have to back them to finish on a minimum of 35, if not 37 points. But I think if River
2: do take 9 points, then they'll be champion.
0: Precisely, because Gymnasia, have got, as we say, have got Lanus this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I think River getting 9 points from the last three games, not unrealistic, given the form what and given the teams they've got. What been are the
1: other two matches that Gymnasia has to face?
0: Gymnasia have got... Let me just got.
1: Imagine drawing against Lanus and River winning against... Racing, they will they will be on the top.
0: Kilmassey, yes. are at home to Lanús, away to less and then on the final weekend, of course, they're at home to Boca Juniors. Boca Juniors may or may not decide to throw that game to give Kilmassey the point, but Boca Juniors are probably going to be playing for Copa Sudamericana qualification, which is the point that their players have made, which suggests they don't really have a toss that much in life. I I
1: I, imagine, I fancy ninety percent of Boca supporters trying Boca to lose that match. I don't, I don't uh, say the same about the players because they are professionals and they have to see whether they will continue, continue in, the, in the team or not for next exactly. season. And the other point is that
0: Lanús' other match, if we assume that Lanús is going to win this, obviously this therefore might make us look very foolish by the time this podcast goes live uh, because we'll know whether they have or not by the time you hear it. If Lanús win this match that's taking place right now, They'll be level with Godoy Cruz and with River Plate, yes. and they've got to visit Gymnasia, followed by a visit to La Bombonera.
2: And is that old sandwich. It's just it's lining the... up perfectly
0: for, we'll go for the What in the To keep it away from River one way or another, but.
2: That is just... the title run as well, as hindered, I guess, by they have to play body no? right uh... They do. Next yes, week.
0: they've got two legs against Bolivar uh, next Wednesday, or well next midweek and the week, the midweek after. The second of which will be away. And we have to mention Godoy Cruz as well because they're two points off the league, with three to play for. We spent most of the Donal final thinking, "A Mendoza side so can't possibly emerge top of the table, can they? No, never." They've got a home match against Belas Sarsfield this weekend. Belas. Now we should mention Belas. They went out of the Copa Libertadores on Tuesday night in a bit of a thriller. I think it's fair to say. They lost the first leg away to Nacional de Paraguay last week, 1-0, thanks to a very late winner scored after Hand of Pod and uh, finished recording last weekend. Last weekend, last week. Um, and they drew 2-2 last night. Sebastián Sosa, the Uruguayan goalkeeper for Vélez, went up for a late corner with the score at 2-1 to Vélez. They still needed another goal because Nacional had a penalty uh, had an away goal via a penalty. That they won about two minutes after Velez took the lead. I mean, it was hilarious if you wanted the Velez fan. Ridiculous. Um, and also got caught out. He slipped over on the very wet grass because it was bucketing down with rain by this point and Nassau scored the goal. Velez may or may not react angrily and just decide to thrash the next team they come against. But you'd have to say, given their league form so far, the Godoy Cruz will be favourites for that. Godoy Cruz's next match, however, and who's that who's just Agnes. scored? No, 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 not no, no, no. Um, Goddard Cruz's next match Is away And they're not very good away As we mentioned already And it's away to Olympol Who are difficult to beat at home As we mentioned already And their final match Is at home Against Oh
2: Racing Club Well I think the away against Olympol Is the the, uh, the stumbling block There for Olympus. I
0: would agree They're very good at home um, But I mean, realistically, River, you'd make favourites to win their two home matches mm. at least. Even if you're saying that River are just awful away, they're, they're dreadful away, they've got to get at least a draw against Argentinos. At least. So, seven points minimum for River. Gymnasia, you can see picking up all three. Gymnasia now wants six in a row. That's not at home, it's not six in a row away or six in a row at home, it's six in a row. Home or away. Um, but I still... Perhaps the might refer now our favour,
1: What can be a benefit for river is that Gymnasia hasn't been champion in history and that pressure could... Yeah, that's could, ...could make them perhaps be in a lower performance that they used. They used, but... Uh, uh, well, we'll see. Does anyone give Colonna chance? No. No. No chances. Well. I think it will be River Gymnasia and Lanús if Lanús, of course, beats, beats Tigre uh, tonight. We shall see. Colón at home to Estudiantes this
2: coming weekend. Well, so I'm, I'm going to give you the fixtures anyway, but you're quite <laughs> right. Colón Estudiantes knocks out one of the two.
0: Yes, almost certainly. Estudiantes, actually could knock out. If Estudiantes lose that, in yeah. Gimnasia win. Estudiantes yeah. are mathematically out of the title race. Um, if Colón win it, then they've got a, an away trip to Vélez-Southfield which depending as I say how well this reacts their company but a Doris elimination might or might not prove tricky um, and then on the final weekend just as soon as this loads anyway you're quite right we'll have to discuss Colón's title hopes next week maybe if they beat Um they do look virtually safe in the relegation back now which is quite extraordinary in itself yeah, yeah no. I mean given where they were six months ago they beat Atletico, no, sorry, they drew one more without Atletico Rafael, as we mentioned already, uh, in the, the reverse fixture of the fixture that did not take place uh, towards the end of the Donnello Iniciale, because of course Colón's players were on strike and didn't turn up for it. Anyway, we are now going to go away, possibly fill glasses up one more time, and we will come back and we will answer some hand-of-pod listeners' questions. Just as long as the notifications out on the page loads them for us. A direction, well it was a direction in a way but it was for his glasses, so it's not what you're all thinking um, stop snickering at the back I'm talking to the <laughs> we should mention this because every time Independiente drop points in the Nacional Bay we have to have a short chat about the Nacional Bay when the feature's on and so it seems only fair that when Independiente win a magnificently entertaining match it has to be said as well, even though they didn't always look entirely competent in it um, we should also mention them Independiente are now up to 4th place in the Bay Nacional they're only 1 point 1 position away from promotion they're only 2 points behind Instituto what better dignity could there be for South America's most successful team at continental level um, the Nacional Bay is now led by Banfield just ahead of Defensive Justicia on goals scored in fact I've just seen Banfield have scored 59 and conceded 32 oh no you're right just on goal difference uh, Defensa Justicia have scored 58 and conceded 33 so Banfield have a two goal goal difference advantage uh, the reason that that's happened is that Banfield before we get on to Independiente don't worry I've not forgotten about them drew nil nil away to Atletico Tucumán de and Defensa Justicia beat Crucero del Norte 3-1 which was a good result for Independiente which of course was a good result for Independiente because it allowed Independiente to, to leapfrog I almost said frog lead to them, probably Fernando would be given me. Crucero del Norte, they're now on 53 points, Instituto are 55, so
1: it's not perfect yet, but Independiente is much. But Independiente has a lot of teams behind them with one point lower, one up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The
2: so battle for that third place, like we said in the last few weeks, is um, from about 16.
0: Maybe more Independiente's match Was against one of the teams Who were very much Not in that battle For third place They are 17th Um, They've won a lot And they've also lost Slightly more And they've drawn Somewhere in the middle Um, But Sportivo Belgrano Came to the Estadio Libertadores de America And they lost 3-2 I saw most of it uh, And it was Indeed Very entertaining But Peter You're the Independiente So I shall allow you To take the microphone
2: well, I mean, we don't. I, I suppose we don't really need to go into too much detail of the of the game. I mean, the the real critical <laughs> critical incidents. So yeah, well, <laughs> defending was terrible we'll, again, and they, won it thanks to a, a, a gifted penalty. What was that gift? This is coming from somebody who supports Man United and River, <laughs> <laughs> and then has the audacity to to uh, scoff at. Uh, and that Perhaps was, so And
0: that last statement is coming from somebody who's just won a match Which was won on the back of a penalty that was not a penalty Never in a million years <laughs> um, It must be said Who, who committed the foul? Well I mean, the, could... one, the obvious answer is no one But who committed the supposed foul? Was it Medina? Because he got booked
2: Yeah he, he got, got But booked. I'm not sure whether he got booked for that or for the protest Because there was like a There was two people kind of involved really wasn't there? Something from
1: behind pulling. Uh, you're right yeah
0: Franco Dolce and Cesar Medina both got booked I think it was Medina who committed the foul because Dolce got booked in the 35th minute of the second half which was when the penalty went in uh, and Cesar Medina got booked two minutes before the penalty was scored mm. according to the Ole um, match details which are not always 100% reliable but I'm going to rely on them for this one because we can't get any other websites to load yeah <laughs> Um, but what did you make of Independiente's performance? What, Diego Rodriguez, by the way, the goalkeeper, scored the penalty that won the match. The earlier goals from Independiente come from Cristian Tula, um, about half an hour in, and Marcelo Vidal. Was Vidal's, if I remember correctly, it was a screamer, wasn't it? That One of them was just it, outside the box. Yeah, yeah. It was a, yeah, it wasn't a, I mean yeah, it, a
2: screamer is overdoing it. might be slightly generous to call it a screamer, but yeah, it was out from outside the box. Um I don't know, it was a pretty Standard Independiente um, At home Perform I mean Well With three goals But Just that it wasn't Particularly very It wasn't convincing Defending was rubbish Like you said the Defending yeah. was rubbish So Independiente took the lead
0: Right Both of Belgrano's goals Sorry the Sportivo Belgrano I don't know how you shorten the name um, They both came from Headers from corners Yeah no, but, Just either side of half time Is that right? Yeah,
2: yeah. Well basically cancelled out Every time Independiente Took the lead mm. from a a set piece. One wasn't a corner, it was a free kick from close to the corner flag, but, yeah, there's... Oh, you're quite right, yeah, it was. Um, Just very poor defending and just making very hard work of a a team which Independiente, with no disrespect, (laughs) should should be uh, defeating.
0: Six games left. Yeah. Obviously The uh, Nacional play Is going to go on For slightly longer Than the final Because it doesn't need to stop in A month before the World Cup Or else As people would put it um, Without going into Any detail at all on In terms of Who they've got left I mean if you can think of Anyone off the top of your head Yeah well crucially Crucially
2: Independiente play Instituto Away I think uh-huh. Away Yeah Okay I, th- I think they need to double check <laughs> Pretty sure that's the case And uh, obviously With Instituto currently Being the team above them two points clear yeah. in the final promotion place, and that could potentially be a um, colossal match.
0: We shall see. Do you make Independiente favourites for promotion <laughs> or do you think I have to wait another six months? Well, now now we only have to wait six months. Maybe so it doesn't it's really, not, matter, <laughs> it's matter. really matter. Yeah, we can Whatever do that. happens, you're not going to be in the B for as long as Rassi well. Yeah, we
2: can just take it goes, up, yeah. Take it easy now. No, Regardless of the... We don't need to go into it anymore. But, but regardless of what happens, we won't. We won't,
1: we, we won't really know if there were ten promoted teams or twenty relegated teams. Yeah, it's more more or yeah, less yeah. the same.
0: we will find now, All we one. As you say, um, right? Questions now. Vishal Amalani uh, says, if you could discuss Argentina's possible World Cup squad and what we'd expect of them. We've been recording for some time already, so I think we'll probably have to deal with that in a future podcast. I mean, rest assured, obviously, as we get closer to the World Cup, we shall, we will uh, definitely be talking about that. But he does specifically ask, "What's Tevez's situation?" I've read that he won't join Argentina in the World Cup because he promised to take his kids to Disneyland. I cannot believe. How many times have we been are just? I can't believe that this done? comment
2: about Disneyland has made it into the press as Tevez saying. Yeah, I can't make the World Cup because I'm going to Disneyland when in reality all actually as was, I
0: know I'm not going to be in the squad I'm, I'm going, going to go to Disneyland my family. family
2: and the paper's completely just... oh yeah
0: people get excited about this but it's something that I mean one thing that Bear's mentioning because a lot of people don't seem aware of it is that Carlos Tevez is on record as saying that he doesn't particularly enjoy watching football in fact he doesn't even like playing it that much His, I read a quote by him one time which said basically it's something I'm good at that's it and I can earn a good living from it that's the only reason I do it Lionel Messi doesn't like watching it I've read various interviews with him where he says I can't stand I'm just bored I just want to get on the pitch and play Um, but the reason he's not going to be in the squad is as everybody knows he's got a personality difference with Messi doesn't get on and if you're the manager and you've got to choose between one of Lionel Messi and anyone else on the planet then you choose Lionel Messi I don't think we need to go into more detail than that do we? No
2: No. not really I mean I think I think the squad as well in itself isn't really that open to
1: a huge amount of discussion we are two weeks from the the list of 30 players but yeah and
0: then we'll see yes. uh that's actually that's, that's going to be a good time to to review it because that probably is going to come the week before the decisive weekend of the championship under so thank you for yes. pointing it out uh joshua bramlett asks what is the motivation financially or otherwise for teams to vote yes for the 30 team primera We've already talked about it in some detail, of course, but basically, the motivation financially is that Julio Brondano won't completely cut you off from the TV rise. Right? I think that's about the only thing we can say. And the motivation otherwise is that Julio Brondano won't forcibly relegate you down to Argentinos C, which doesn't exist, Is Torreo del Interior, in fact. Um, Joshua also asks, when do the big boys get going in the Copa Argentina? I think
2: Joshua will find they already are going. Oh, really? Oh, they're big now aren't they <laughs> okay. I think they're big <laughs> <crying>. five <laughs> um,
0: anyway obviously independiente but when do the Primera sides become involved at the next stage sometime in during the World Cup I'm guessing right that would be perfect for the Argentine FA yes. to, to get the Cop Argentina going to the point where people are paying attention to it just when the World Cup moves into the knockout stages
1: yes I think sometime uh, during July or August, or August <laughs> So, really, during the World Cup. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, magnificent, magnificent
0: people sometimes. Um, Tiro Fijo asks, uh, what are your favourite Argentine terrace chants and why? The standard hand pod, Your favourite Argentine, sorry? Terrace chants, stadium chants. <laughs> the standard issue hand pod answer to this one is always La Concha de tu madre, oh boys. La Concha de tu madre, oh boys. <laughs> <laughs> Los vamos a matar a todos, la reputa madre que te reparó Which translates broadly as Fuck off, all boys Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah for So sure. we
0: go <laughs> word for word Your mother's pussy, all boys Your mother's <laughs> pussy, all boys We're going to kill you all but go the, Perhaps the big whore that gave yeah, birth to you
1: In particular It's that, the, that hashtag on Twitter uh, like, Made like a crossover With uh, in other s- subjects and, and it became very popular in, in, Outside football Also mm.
0: Yeah, the, you, you see a lot of people saying, complaining about various things to do with the government, or with the economy, or with the way the AFAs run, or with the way that the Argentine Rugby Association is run, or the way that the Uruguayan government are legalising cannabis and the AFA and uh, the Argentine government are not doing, and then just adding, I like what at the end of the tweet. So it's, um, and all boys kind of always fans thing. thing,
2: just leave my man out of it.
0: I've read an interview with uh, a very vocal, not, not, not one of the banners, but one of the leaders of the Subcommission The Nietzsche at All Boys. Because I, I googled the history of this chant and how it, it came about. And he said himself one thing we have to own up to is the fact that All Boys would not be as well known if it weren't for this chant having come about. Apparently, <laughs> it was born in the early 90s by Atlanta fans during a derby. Um, in the National I guess it would have be been Primera Bay, in fact, at the time. They've both obviously since been promoted and in Atlantis case relegated again a couple of times. Um, Remy Lehman says please explain the new tournament setup island complete loss here. We already have done. We hope you enjoyed the explanation, Remy. Uh, the José Rocketeer says who are the next batch of star players currently playing in the Primera Division? Quickly names. Well wow, really. Rodrigo de Paul well, he's on his way to... Who today Valencia. has had a transfer offer and an offer of a five-year contract from Valencia, who would appear to have stolen a march on Udinese, who were the previous favourites to sign him. He is a racing playmaker. Um, he plays wide on the left, although he should be playing in the middle. I think most people would agree. He gets a bit more space on the left, but he's really more of a central playmaker. Right, we haven't really mentioned this at all while we've been recording, but Arsenal have just taken a 1 0 lead away to Unión Española with 25 minutes, 24 minutes to go um, in their Copa Libertadores tied. The first leg of that one was 0 0. So Arsenal's away goal is huge. We could be seeing Arsenal in the quarter final of the Libertadores. Um, other stars, Eder Alvarez Valanta, of course, you might even be going to Barcelona this mm-hmm. coming winter, Argentine winter, who knows. Uh, Others? Lansing. Hmm? we talking about uh, has been rising for too long. Oh, yeah, the,
2: but I mean, in terms of possible transfers. Oh, so. I agree. His he's, he's
0: talent certainly is a possible transfer, but I think it's uh, anyone else quickly people. Ankel okay, Correa, Correa. Oh, yeah. Anybody called Correa. <laughs> Ankel, Correa. Uh, what's the other <laughs> one? Yes, Correa and Michel. There four of them. I can't remember. And, and Michel as well. Yes. H- Hector or Hernan. Uh, both of them are quite Hector. Good. Ezequiel Ponce as well. Yes. How can we forget him? And Rulli. And Rulli? Yes. And any goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> Rivero, Rulli, I Rulli, Monetti. Yeah. Uh, yeah, basically uh, like, half of the goalkeepers in the division are really good. Uh, and the For, last and one... And Yes, Yeah, Mousis you're quite right, although of course he's already moving. Uh, the host of says, last one, who is the current longest serving manager in the Primera División? Alfaro's goal. Alfaro's goal. has goal. Yes. Sielinski yeah it's list, okay. isn't it is yes. name. Three, three or four years like. yes, yes I think that sounds about right um, Liam Kelly ah, so I'm wondering if there are any other bookworm teams following Santa Marina's promotion promotion to the B Nacional That's, uh, as I mentioned in passing earlier of course it's Club y Biblioteca uh, Ramon de Santa Marina no Club y Biblioteca Ramon Santa Marina de Tandil um which translates as Club and Library Ramon Santa Marina of Tandil um, promoted to second division we I'm going to answer that now But if any of our followers know of any around the world then you can tweet Liam uh, at Liam SWFC as in Sheffield Wednesday Football Club I assume from his photo feature 92 um, and please copy hand the pod into that because we'd be interested as well well the others wouldn't but I would Um Haik Durbinyan says, I've got a topic. Do tactics really matter that much in Argentine football? Quickly, people, come on from I'm gonna say they would do if anybody can bring them vaguely into the 21st century. If you could get a manager who had a clue about modern football tactics combined with a team who were just halfway decent and, and, and could keep them going for long enough I think that they would be strong candidates to do the best they can which is part of the reason in fact that Lanús and Belles have been consistent challenges for such a long time Newell's even while we've been talking about Newell's just doing dreadfully this season they're in fact mid-table and you'd have to fancy them for a title challenge if they can keep anything like the current team together again for next half season season and a half who knows Um so, yeah, they should do. They definitely should do.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't want
0: to say... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in modern day Argentine football, in the history of Argentine football, absolutely, in, in, in Argentine football history, uh, it's a very influential league on the rest of the world in many ways. If you want proof of this, read Jonathan Wilson's upcoming book. Mr. Wilson, if you're listening, I'll take the check. Now the I, nowadays,
1: what uh, most has... a. Uh, Argentine yeah. football as a, as a reference for, for, for other leagues is that the, the, it is quite competitive. Like you don't know who will be, become champions up to now because with the long tournament we, we, we can expect... Uh, sure, but it's, I
0: mean, we've talked about how that's much to do with high turnover of players, how nobody's got any money so all of the players are on a fairly similar level. I've mentioned a couple of times in recent weeks, it's, only, it's recently occurred to me, that the goalkeepers... For some reason are really good because they don't get sold as early which means that you've got far better goalkeepers than you have out for your players in you know relative to the position but it's a lot of it also not to do with the fact that clubs set Racing, Bocker, river all three of them at the moment good examples of course river are actually doing well right now um, but they're three good examples of clubs who just go back to the same old tried and tested managers who were enormously successful in the 90s they have not really enjoyed much success elsewhere they don't keep up to date with new tactical ideas these guys it, like the Argentine first division is not a, a, the league that you watch if you want to know what's going on in the world of football tactics if you want to get the most up to the minute.
1: well Vienti was uh, most uh, near 8 years with no coach works so uh, we, ca- we can understand him not knowing a uh, how to? I I, 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 I don't believe him not knowing how to uh, uh, set the team in order to to play uh, in the in the football Argentine football uh, right now because uh, with this I think this the same ideas he has now he used to be successful mm. but uh, um, and and when Marlow was has also the same idea as he had when Racing became champions in 2001 but now uh, uh, they played against Kilmets the other day and, and Kilmets had the same idea too Not to leave the wall to the other team and and, and try to, to make a counter-attack if they can well, it worked for Real Madrid on Tuesday night
0: didn't work so well for Chelsea on Wednesday night so who knows in some ways perhaps the Argentine first division is just as up there with Mourinho and, uh, and Pep Guardiola as, as everyone else I was trying to remember his name that's a bit shocking isn't it Carlo Ancelotti that's the one I want to do he's the winning manager um, Phil Carney says why do the AFA persist with these stupid ideas for the Primera is it really just because they want to protect the big clubs or do they have other motives we've kind of already answered that one because I asked it after about half an hour of the podcast myself and none of us have got a clue I mean what is in it for Julio Rondona personally I just can't work out and what's in it for the rest of the AFA? I can't work out either. They're all just too afraid to say no to Grandona. But why Grandona's suggesting this stupid shit? I don't think anyone really knows. Um, to, to make it more federal even
1: than, than
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, what's in that... Why is he bothered about that? The Argentine about right now is... fairly federal. We've had Tucumán clubs
1: in the last couple of years. We've had San Juan clubs. To make, make smaller clubs say well, Grondona uh, gave us the opportunity to, to play Do
0: you, do you think, think Grondona gives a toss how he's going to be thought of in five years' time? He knows everybody in Argentina hates him
2: anyway. Maybe that's why he wants to really... Well, we have, we,
0: we, we've got <laughs> Santi, a semi-regular member of the 100 Pod team. He's a member at Arsenal. He goes to matches. Even he tells us that everybody, all, all Arsenal fans basically know they're only there because of the good grace of the Grondona family. None of them think the Grandonas are particularly nice people. They, you know, they support the club, but they're not under any illusion as to who they are. If Arsenal fans don't feel particularly affectionate for Grandona, then who's going to? Um, I, I really can't work out what Grandona's motivation is in doing it. He just seems to want to go down in history, I guess. But you'd think that the hundreds of millions of pounds uh, in a gym would be enough for
1: him. What I wonder is how does he... Has so much power. In order, if they, if he knows, and most of the teams doesn't agree with the change of this, with the uh, format of the new tournament, and they have to obey anyway. So, if he's alone, uh, alone, because no, no one wants him or 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 agree with his ideas. How is it that he has so much power? That's what that's something I, I perhaps wonder. Yeah. Uh, because he knows that he has power and that's why he does what he wants and, and says I will do what I want because ne- next year I will be I will be out so hmm.
0: that's for another pod maybe uh, really really quickly Sivan John asks once Sabella steps down as manager of Argentina is Simeone the best choice to replace him or is it still too early for Cholo well, who knows I mean he's got the, the final this year well done to him
1: take into account results uh, C- Celo Simeone uh, took the, the the coach job at Atletico Madrid when they were near, resi- near to, to relegation and they won Europa League Copa del Rey and uh, in the finals of the Champions League so if you take into account results yes Simeone is I think is the choice if, if, if Sabella uh, uh, resigns or, 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 or doesn't continue in the, in the charge uh, after the, the World Cup I think uh, what is more remarkable about, remarkable about his show at Atletico Madrid is the motivation the players that go and, 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 and do exactly what, what Simeone says or, 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 or indicates Although Hasn't he kind of distanced himself from, from any kind of uh,
2: link to Argentina? In the immediate term
0: I think yeah, I think he himself has admitted That
2: he needs more experience um, And then there's also been a story about him Possibly being offered to Data Yes which I'd be kind
0: of Surprised by but uh, anyway For now I think too early um, One day he's undoubtedly going to be Argentina manager um, Finally Daniel Corasimone Asks MH370 Is it on Hitler's moon base? It's your government that is supposed to be looking for it, Australian Dan, so you tell us. And what better way to segue from questions into Mystic Sam than ending on a question from Australian Dan, who used, of course, on this fine podcast to be Mystic Dan. The next theme music that you hear will be Mystic Sam's theme music, and the next voice that you hear will be Mystic Sam's voice telling you what to bet your pocket money on this weekend. This weekend's fixtures, we've got no more midweek rounds by the way, Jens. This means we can record basically on Wednesday every week.
1: We will miss you mid rounds, we will miss you.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure. Um, Quilmes versus Argentinos Juniors, as I've kind of already hinted, Quilmes should win that one. Argentinos have nothing to play for at all and Quilmes are still fighting for their lives. Colón de Santa Fe versus Estudiantes de la Plata, I think looks like a draw. Rosario Central versus Olimpo draw as well. Olimpo, less adventurous of oh, my well, they are at home. Godoy Cruz against Belgrano, I think it's going to be a Godoy Cruz win which would be huge for their survival hopes. San Lorenzo versus Atlético de Rafaela is going to depend quite a bit on what San Lorenzo do in a couple of hours time away to Grêmio, they currently have a 1-0 lead. In the first leg of their Libertadores last 16 game. Um, if they go through, I think they could easily be distracted. But for the sake of Mystic Sam, because I've not yet made the prediction part called Jockey Club, um, I'm going to go for a San Lorenzo win. And wince slightly, but it probably doesn't happen. <laughs> Arsenal de Sarandí versus New Old Boys, I think it's a draw. Gimnasia la Plata versus Lanús, another one that I've not yet predicted because Lanús are currently... Change channels quickly. Uh, oh, they're just about to kick off the second half, and still goalless against Tigre. Um, I'm going to go for a draw in that one against the title challengers. River against Racing has got to be a River win, as I've mentioned and got sort of half cut off earlier. Uh, Racing apparently have won six times ever in the entire history of that, and it's the oldest derby in competitive match at least uh, in Argentine football history. Um, I'm going for a river plate win. All boys versus Boca Juniors. Boca to win. That result would relegate all boys. Tigre versus Belgrano. Another one which I've not yet written the preview for, but I'm going for a draw. I think probably, and that's your lot. Anyone agree or disagree?
2: I think you might have read them out wrong. Really? <laughs> I think he said Belgrano were playing. When it was Belez be- Godoy Cruz think, Belles, and you said Godoy Cruz against. I did I, th- uh, you not... <laughs> Bele-
0: I-, I thought I said in case Peter's right, Godoy Cruz against Belez sansfield will be a Godoy Cruz victory. Thank you for attempting to point it out to me. Quite. I had it. No, no, it's quite fine. I- I'll just be honest that I uh, can't read my own typing. If, if Boca um,
1: wins his match and Gimnasia doesn't, Boca will have mat- mathematical possibilities of being champions. Mathematical,
0: yes. Yes. Realistic. I doubt it. Um, We shall see. We shall see. That's it this week, ladies and gents. We've been recording for longer than we did last week. I'm hoping to cut it down a little bit. But I'm sure, as you will understand, that after that discussion during the first half hour or so about the league system it was impossible to keep it to a uh, sensible length this week we hope all the same that you found it interesting um, the second half of Lanús so against get Tigre, is goalless a minute and a half in and Arsenal for the moment still have a 1-0 lead away to Unión Española I think we're going to watch if it's alright with Peter the last 5 or 6 minutes of that match before leaving but for now we shall bid you farewell dear listeners and we'll be back for another week another episode next week not another week next episode this is why we shouldn't drink whilst recording so I've become ridiculous towards the end of it but anyway it's goodbye from Andres goodbye Uh, goodbye from Peter goodbye and goodbye from me goodbye